Welcome to another Party Pooper podcast. Super Pooper. What? Episode. Super Pooper episode? Yeah. Uh, once again, I am Phil. I'm Alethea. And it's actually 9.30 in the morning on a Saturday, but I'm working today and it's 9.30 in the morning, so I'm drinking cold brew coffee that I made for the very first time. It looks delicious. I I did the whole 24-hour uh, coffee grind soak, and uh, and then you can't just, after you uh, drain it, you don't just drink it straight like that. It makes like a concentrate. So then I mixed it one third water, one third coffee concentrate and one third oat milk. I put some cinnamon on top and it's really good. Cinnamon always makes everything better. It's really smooth. And, and I've been drinking a lot of not just regular coffee, but then I let my coffee get cold over the day and then I drink it again cold, but I'll put like ice and stuff in it, make cold brew, not cold brew, but cold ice coffee. Ice coffee yeah. And there is a difference. Like I can. Like not, it's less acidic. I mean, I, I guess I want to say that, but like. It, it probably is. There's a smoothness to cold brew that, and I don't know what the opposite of smoothness is in relation to taste but i rough (laughs) rough tasting but it's a scratchy taste it's not exactly what i mean but anyway well it probably is somewhat less acidic because of it's not going through the whole process of having the Mm -hmm. beans heated up and stuff yeah well i'm certainly not drinking anything smooth because i am on the lemon water this morning with ginger which in itself is pretty decent but I added a bit of cayenne and cinnamon because I felt like my throat was sore. So I'm going to try to stave off any icky ick if I'm getting sick. Nice. I probably am not getting sick because actually we haven't really been sick, like cold sick with an actual full-blown cold in a really long time. Yeah, we just had the... Like a start of one and then it just kind of didn't do anything. It was like a sore throat... Flu-like symptoms right at the beginning of COVID, and it was like, oh God, do we have COVID? But <laughs> got quarantined for fourteen days, and it turned out we were okay. We, it never really uh, evolved into much more than a sore throat and yeah. a light cough or whatever. Plus, but. I find it hard sometimes to know whether it's a cold or allergies because allergies. So yeah, cool. So today's topic. Bill's untimely demise. <laughs> right. So basically it's, um, uh, I just want to be prepared in case I die. Well, I, I don't need to be prepared for that, but I, I want to be prepared so that the people closest to me, like I have a sister, I have Alicia, uh, my mom's still around, I have friends. I would argue that we do need to be prepared to die. Oh, and us, do. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole different thing. Me facing my own mortality, but this is, uh, it's like, we're going to do a simulation. So in the event that I went to work or something, let's say, and then, uh, I, like I died at work. Yeah, um, it's, I, I just like, <laughs> I don't think you need to like give me a scenario. Oh, you don't want to be, you don't want it to be like 
uh, laid out like, okay, no, because the day then I'm is gonna, already. I'm not crazy about thinking about stuff like this, even though I know you should. It was June twenty seventh, raining. Hey, man. <laughs> Five o three p.m. A knock at the door. That's not cool. Uh, okay, so we won't go into super detail, but let's say I died suddenly, right? So there wasn't. It's not like I'm, uh, I'm, uh, you know, wasting away, and I have time to talk and give all my thoughts and wishes and things and whatever. So it's just it's something sudden, and so that's that's probably the most difficult one. Um, because then it's like, oh, I didn't ask him about where is his will or his life insurance or, or what were his wishes for his body or we never talked about that because we're young and immortal or whatever and we never thought about our own mortality, right? So I'm just trying to make it less difficult. My dad died very suddenly when I was nine. He did not have a signed will. He had stopped paying his life insurance a couple months beforehand. He had just started a new business. My mom was not prepared at all because those steps weren't, weren't taken and put in place and there wasn't enough communication and organizing and planning. And, uh, and that sucked. It really sucked. It created a lot of problems. So that's why, I guess for me personally, it's important. Um, you know, just to make sure that everything's laid out because I don't want that to happen to you, you know? So, so what we're going to do is we'll just say, okay, I died suddenly and you know that my will is at work. Okay. It's kept there. Um, but most importantly, what would happen is uh, people from my work would come and I don't think there's any way to do this episode without saying that I work in the military. I don't have to be super specific, but I work in the Canadian military. And so part, part of that is, um, first of all, like my boss probably would, uh, you know, would people would, would arrive here in person and tell you, but more importantly, at some point after that, uh, my CEO, my commanding officer would designate, um, a specific person to help you with, with all kinds of things, administrative, whatever. And that person would be like your link to go through the entire process of, of all these things. But that's like the military side. And the, on the civilian side, there's the executor of my will, which is Tim. And he's my oldest friend. And so that's why we're going to call Tim today and talk to Tim. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Are you upset that I, I told people that I'm in the military? You look upset. Yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think you needed to say where you work. Okay, well, you know, it's a big country and people know I that. I know, we, but they're, look, it's just another thing that I worry about, right? There's like crazies out there that okay, that's look good. for an opportunity to do something and they don't know what you are or... or what you do, I mean, and yeah. they could use that to somehow. Okay, I think this is it's important to talk about it. So let's let's talk about this this fear, like of I I just the fact that you're in the military, like it does stress me out a lot. Like I do think about a lot of things, not yeah. just like if you go and I'm here alone, like that freaks me out a little right. bit. Because not so much the fact of you being gone. I mean, obviously, I like you 
being here, but I mean, I'm just so used to much of our relationship has been you not being quote unquote home or living somewhere else. So I'm kind of, that's fine. It's more just, I don't know. I'm even just nervous being living where we are because you know, like I say, I worry about something. You say that never happens and boom, like literally within the next week, there's something in the news and yep, there you go. That actually does happen. People crack, people snap, they do crazy things. People kidnap people because, you know, their spouse is in a position where they think it's going to give them some kind of, right. you know, power. And my history, having already gone through that lovely experience of being you know, taken against my will, I guess, if you want. I'm not going to get into it now. That'd but be a like, good future episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't, anyway, I I just, it's, it's just kind of makes me a little nervous. Absolutely, I hear that. And um, I guess good, but also bad is I'm really low on the totem pole. Um, I know, I, but that's my whole point about people don't know that, right? No, but like if if people were specifically trying to access information and whatever you think that they would do. Oh, like it wouldn't be that difficult Not to all find criminals out. are smart. <laughs> okay. So, but, uh, a, a non-smart criminal, let's say what purpose would they have to be trying to gain information about the military? No, by no, I don't mean gain information. Person? I just mean like, you know, like people get snatched all the time when they travel because they, of either their job or somebody in their family or whatever. And it's literally has nothing to do with them. It's just because they think, oh, well, you know, Canadian government is going to now deal with us for something because we've taken these people or what? I don't know. Listen, okay. I just, it's a lot of stuff that goes on in my head. No, I understand. That's why <laughs> I just wanted like to. This is like a super pooper episode. I wanted like, to air it <laughs> out so that <laughs> we can talk through it. So yeah. we, we live in a fairly small town population area. I, yeah, I don't. I don't really. And there's a military base here. And whenever you have a military base in a town, there's like, it makes up a significant percentage of the population. Right. And uh, it's really no secret to anybody that lives here, even hooligans and stuff that, you know, there's specific (laughs) neighborhoods and stuff that uh, where a lot of military members live. A lot of military members even go grocery shopping in uniform or run errands or pick up their kids or you know, like we're seen out in public in uniform all the time. Yeah, I know. But you know what? Maybe to you, you think that a lot of people know that, but maybe there are often, like there are not a lot of people that know that. Maybe, okay, people that live here, but people that don't live here don't necessarily know that. You know, it's like where I used to work, which I'm not going to say, like to me, it's like, how could people not know that's what we were doing there? And it's, it really wasn't as, as widely known as I thought it was. I'm just saying that military members in this town are visible in uniform in public all the time. And the fact that I said that I'm in the military on a podcast, even though people know that we live in Vancouver Island, um, you know, that that's not increasing my risk above and beyond what it already was. I don't know. I think it depends on what you think. People are capable of doing and things that can happen. And when stuff has never happened to you and you've managed to skip through your whole life without like, you know. If hooligans are going to the 
level of listening to our podcast to get information about a random military member in our town and stalk me, then I'm flattered. No, not even, not even that. It's not about getting information from you. I don't think you're, you're getting what I'm saying. No, I mean to case me, to abduct me for whatever. It's just like a random thing. And then, you know, it's like, you know, a lot of people don't even know where this is. And then it's like, oh, like. Okay. I don't, I don't but know. I don't want to get into that whole thing right now because more I can feel myself getting super. That's wound why we up gotta already. we gotta we gotta I'm work our way through it. Yet. Like I couldn't even like those one of those mornings. It's two mornings in a row. I okay. try to like meditate and like unfortunately again because of where we live, it was next to impossible Noisy. because you know crying screaming going on and mm-hmm. so now I'm, my brain is already kind of like I I I'm, I haven't started the day on a note where I feel like I'm very grounded or anything. And Okay. Yeah, but we're specifically hard. talking about the additional risk of me mentioning on this podcast that I know. I'm I in the I just feel like you keep mentioning it more and more and more. It's, it's like already just, out there. Just you just got to say it until, until that fear wears oh away. Oh, my God. Just stop. It's going to be fine. <laughs> All right. So we're going to work through that. But in the meantime, I'm going to get Tim on the phone. He's been trying to call me. So... Hang on one second. All right, so now we've got Tim on the line. Say hi, Tim. Hi, hi Tim. Tim. Oh. <laughs> that was Alethea for everyone that isn't aware. Tim, how you doing? Doing all right, thanks. How are you guys doing? Well, we're sad because I just died. And I'm now, now, because you're talking after you died, I'm kind of also a little freaking out intrigued because it's the first paranormal <laughs> event. And now oh I can prove God. to everybody. <laughs> there Any, is a anyway, Tim, as the executor of my will, is, um, needs to know a few things. And Alicia needs to know a few things. That's why we got you on the line so that more importantly, I can refine my plan and work out the kinks and maybe I forgot something or maybe something's not clear or even I, I reread all the notes I sent you last night and um, I, I still have some modifications I need to make. There's, there's like information that's changed or things I need to update. Um, so like my boss at work changed, so I need to change the contact info on there. Oh, yeah. Um, I need to go update my list at work for my um, next of kin list and contact info and stuff. Um, And yeah, so stuff like that. But basically, I trust him. He's a smart guy. And he can help you with all the things. It turns out that when someone dies, it's complicated for legal stuff. And there's a bunch of legal documents and things that need to be done and need to get the that certificate and all those things. And those aren't things that you're probably going to want to be dealing with or able to be dealing with, with a, a clear head. So that's why Tim is really important. And thank you, Tim, for doing that for me in case. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm trying not to be too much of a downer. But I just want to be prepared. So, do you, Tim? Do you understand what what you need to do when Alicia calls you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've read through the information you've you've given me and just some other resources online. Um, 
And I, I'm also, I also happen to be the executor for um, my wife, Melissa's will, uh, her mother, her mother's will rather. So um, I have been presented with it before and kind of talked through the process. Um, but, you know, of course, I've, I've never actually had to execute and, and go through with the steps. And uh, especially, you know, after a friend or mother-in-law's death. So, so uh, I mean, there, there's a limit to how prepared I think you can really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't expect you to, you know be perfect or whatever you guys just do the best you can and that's it i think i think even just having a plan in place in advance is already over half the battle and more importantly that's why i laid out in my uh instructions that um tim should be given uh money for travel missed work uh and other expenses that he needs to cover in order to get out here provide support or whatever and also um, like Alicia will need to release to him funds from, uh, from the life insurance and whatever to pay like a lawyer. Cause there's going to be lawyer fees of a couple thousand bucks probably. Um, they need to follow all kinds of paperwork, uh, you know, to say that I'm dead and, uh, to get, you know, all the financial stuff sorted out. And I did leave on there and Tim can help you with that. Or even the designated uh, person from the military can help out with navigating my, uh, my pension plan and my life insurance and all that stuff. So they they should be aware and have all the information for that. And then Tim could help out if, if required or whatever. So, so that's pretty much it. So at that point, You'll get all the instructions you need from uh, from my unit and support. I put a bunch of contact numbers on there for friends at work. So if you needed help with anything. And uh, a major thing was, let's say I didn't die, but I was like seriously hurt. Then there's a provision in there to fly out um, and pay for accommodation for uh, every, everyone on my next of kin list. So like Tim, my sister, whoever uh, can fly out. If I was like in a coma or something, um, and also if I died, so that way you know that it's not like if someone says, "Oh, I I can't afford a plane ticket right now" or whatever, you know that there's a provision for that and that they can they can get um, money to get out here. So it's good to know, um, and that's through the person that's appointed by my work. Anyway, so let's say Tim goes through all the legal documents and stuff with a lawyer. Um, my will is, is kept at work. And one day when Alethe and I actually get married, then we'll do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, just so everybody at home knows, I already proposed. This is not a proposal. I propose we're engaged right now. She's not surprised that I mentioned getting married. She's just surprised that. Because we were like, when are we going to finally get married? It's only been two years, okay? People get engaged <laughs> for a lot longer than that. <laughs> uh, anyway, once we finally get married, instead of just having my will through work, we'll, we'll create real wills and I'll update this info for Tim and stuff and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, also for my burial arrangements... 
I just intended to be cremated, and then you get you can just chill with that here until it's pra- practical to bring it to Montreal, to St. Anne's. And then one day if we come up with a better plan together on where yeah. we should put our stuff, then yeah. we'll just update that. But I just, the reason I chose uh, the St. Anne's uh, Field of Honor uh, Cemetery place is just because I i had never really thought about it before. <laughs> like no one, I don't know how many people think about where they want to be buried. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had a memory there and I just, I didn't have a better place. Yeah, so. I know. I need to think about that. I can't really make a decision much like a lot of things that I need to try and make decisions <laughs> on. But yeah, I definitely know that I, I don't want that. That's the, okay. I Same. mean, I don't have any ties to Quebec, right? So why would I want to? Well, I was born there. So. No, I get it. I get it. I, I totally get why you would do that. But for me, it, it doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah. Tim, do you know where you're going to be buried? Um, it's not something that I, <laughs> I I kind of moved around a lot. I didn't have a great relationship with Quebec. Um, yeah. So uh, my plan is never to go back, <laughs> living or dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, but I've only been in BC for a few years. Uh, I don't know finally wherever I'll end up. Uh, and, and to me, it's it's not such important point um like i i mean i figure being cremated i'd prefer to go that way um rather than take up the real estate and you know whether there's a formal marker to me or not is essentially whatever makes melissa feel happy yeah right there's like a whole bunch of things that are not legal too which i didn't know so i guess you gotta really well you can't just throw your ashes wherever you feel like it even though a lot of people do yeah for sure but you were telling me that and you know so i guess that goes with the uh, i can't remember what it is but those bags or whatever that you can get put in and like it's like it, it's like a tree or something that grows up out of it. you can't just stick that wherever you want i need to look into oh. it but yeah that kind of makes things a little more so you're saying burying dead bodies in random places is not legal? <laughs> well, I don't think you're an actual body when that happens. Oh, you mean like ashes? Yeah, I'm not really sure how it, that particular thing works. It's been a while. I remember I saw it somewhere. I was like, oh, that's really cool. But I, I have to look up back to see um, how it actually works and then find out what the legal ramifications are. Because even if it was, I don't think you can just go into like a national park and like stick even if it was like a tiny little thing. Although, like you said, probably a lot of people do do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Okay. So aside from the uh, helping out with the legal stuff, helping out with uh, like being a liaison with my work people or life insurance people or whatever, um, Tim can also provide, you know, like an ongoing ear for financial advice and stuff. I trust him. He's really smart financially and... He's got a good head on his shoulders and he also works in finance and, you know, so he's always going to be a good person to bounce uh, ideas or big decisions. Or if you don't understand what the ramifications of a decision are going to be like, you know, he can probably help you work out like, should you take CPP at 65 or not or whatever? That's probably something he'd be good at. You can always send him a bottle of whiskey every now and then (laughs) say thanks. Uh, just one thing on that point, like, 
one thing because you mentioned earlier you know you're looking for maybe where some holes on this in this might be but one of the things that um for me was kind of glaring it obviously this is kind of a discussion of death and like death preparation and stuff like that but in terms of um you know after after someone has died it's really difficult to think about like what what the future potentially looks like and and while a lot of this talks about you know your death and the events surrounding your death and and preparation it doesn't really talk about um and you know that's probably a conversation we could have offline but what kind of uh life you hope to be living kind of like your what are your retirement plans how are those impacted by your death at right. whatever age right and you know if if you know and forgive me Alicia, i know you're in the room there but if you know obviously let's say Alicia's in shock or she's she's at issue she doesn't necessarily it's hard to imagine life continuing without that that loved one um so you know uh and i mean of course the scope of an executor's um purview is limited so so it's not up to me to to kind of control the the direction and scope of life after your passage right but it would help me to understand especially around finances where um you know what were your goals where were you on your your plan for retirement where you know what what's changed and and how do you how do we best get to that outcome Right. Um, so, so I mean, tied to this, if if we have kind of like, you know, your your retirement plan as it unfolds, and and essentially, you know, yeah, that's a really that, good idea. Um, actually, I was planning on next month. My kind of downer of an episode was going to be about personal finance, because uh, a lot of people don't like to talk about that, and part part of that is. Uh, talking about, you know, retirement planning and saving and stuff like that. And it, in order to know how much you need to save, you need to know what your goal is, is going to be. So that's actually going to tie into next month. Um, I do have retirement dreams myself. Um, but like, to be honest, we haven't totally fleshed out our retirement plans. Um, and we're still working on that. So, that, but that's a really good idea. And I'll definitely include that Um like I'll add that to the like the Google Docs thing that I have, um, but yeah. But basically, me being out of the picture would hurt financially. Um, but at least, you know, she would still be entitled to my pension plan, my CPP survivors benefit, um, and I I do have a significant amount of life insurance. But I would actually like to increase it because I like I said I was re I was reading over it again. And I was like, you know what, like with house prices the way they are, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to have to be a choice between, well, do I have to take all, all this money and buy a home, but then be left with nothing else because a home costs so much, or do I rent a place and then have a cushion or an investments and stuff? And I, I'd like it to be a little bit more forgiving. And so I think having a little bit more having a little bit more life insurance would make those future decisions a little bit easier and not have to be like making compromises one way or the other. Um, so yeah. Well, I mean, in, in the spirit of talking about like after you pass, cause, cause I mean, you're right. Um, 
one of the deep like doing the math when you're doing the math against like the cost of buying versus the cost of renting um and and kind of what your plans look like one of one of the things around actually buying is is in a sense to some degree a level of insurance right like if if you think of like melissa's father lived here in vancouver in the, the late 60s for instance he bought a house for thirty thousand dollars and when he sold in the early 70s he he sold for like fifty thousand and thought he made out with a bandit right well now that property would have been subdivided into like three mega mansions essentially uh-huh. each going about like three million dollars oh <laughs> so so I'm, it, and if you think of what rent was in vancouver then which is you know when you'd be buying potentially to what it is now right i never forget one of the things when we moved here was um we had to get you know pieces of identification and whatever to to register and so we, we got library cards and Melissa went to the library and, um, you know, there was an elderly man basically like weeping at a table, well-dressed, like not, you know, in, um, he didn't seem to be out of mind or anything, right? And and she, she asked whether he was okay. And he basically told her, you know, um, that, that, you know, they're, they were forced to move and rent is so expensive that like he couldn't like find a place. So they, they lived here their, their whole life and they'd always rented. And then now, you know, prices, they got renovated evicted essentially. And then yeah. as you know, prices kept going up and up, like they, they just couldn't afford to live here on what they budgeted for, for retirement. That's a good um, point. I remember reading an article about the trade-off between, even if mathematically it makes sense to rent and then invest the difference and whatever you still you're still giving up that home security because you could get run evicted or something could change where you'd be forced to move anyways um and then you know you don't want to have to have that in the background necessarily especially if you're by yourself so and and one of the benefits in terms of so so i mean there's that kind of an insurance um for for alethea for assuming she survives you but there's also if if her finances become strapped, um, you can when you're when past I forget the, the cutoff age, but in retirement age, you can also defer your taxes. So I mean, since oh. your plan currently is not to have children, those taxes would then be covered by the the sale of, like by the estate after Alethea's passing, and whatever is left over, of course, will go to whatever like you you mentioned. Um, you know, if Allison survives you both, then. Or, charities you've you've elected for right um, so so i mean that is also you know if you're renting for instance that's not an option you have you can't defer your rent to be paid out by your estate <laughs> right uh, so i mean those are two things that huh. um, i was playing that out as well so th- those are two options there's also you know for living expenses there's also the option of like reverse mortgage which granted may be at a higher interest rate but would provide the comfort to live in the um, in the style to which you become accustomed, I guess. Yeah, and since we're not going to be having kids, it's not like we would be burning an estate for future generations or whatever. I mean, exactly. If Alicia is hanging out by by herself or with whoever, and she's just got like the proceeds of you know of me and whatever, I would want her to just use it up and have those experiences and just whatever. Get, like seventy more dogs. Oh, yeah, you totally... <laughs> I'll just buy a kennel and live in it. 
but yeah, absolutely. There's no reason for her to, to, uh, to grow to super old age and die with a fully paid off house and all kinds of investments, you know? So in that case, yeah, maybe a reverse mortgage would make sense at some point, but. It kind of hurts for someone who, who's, you know, like I, I read the details of, you know, Oh, choose, you know, fiduciary fee based schedules. Like you're clearly like watching or, or index based funds where you're carefully watching your, all those fees. And then suddenly at the end of time, you're, you're like, just like, oh, you know, yeah, I'll take the high, high fee, you know, reverse, uh, reverse mortgage. But at that point, that might be the right product. And you know what? She probably won't need to do that anyways. I mean, we both have defined benefit pensions. Um, I mean, hers to a lesser extent, but still, I mean, it's still significant. And with a survivor benefit and everything, I mean, I think her living expenses should be fine. That's why I was, I was thinking if she could just, if she was able to buy outright a property then she could probably maintain and keep living in it indefinitely without having to worry too much about what her work situation is. But I'm going to get into the numbers though. And, and that'll be part of our retirement plan planning. And, uh, that'll be part of, I guess our personal finance episode too, but, but wow, there's a lot of stuff I didn't think of. So you have any questions, Alethea? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Her eyes glazed over as soon as you said uh, index funds. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I don't know if we covered it in too much depth. I didn't want to go into, too, into the weeds too much on all the details because it's not something that's necessary. But the, I think the important takeaways are um, if something were to happen to me, my will is at work. You're going to have someone appointed from work to help out. You have contact info of other people there to help out. Um, Tim is there to help out as a, as a friend and for the helping navigate all the legal stuff. And Allison um, is, is an accountant as well. So my sister's an accountant. And even though she specializes in like, you know, corporate tax, uh, not tax stuff, uh, corporate stuff, whatever, she's still, you know, can help out with things. And, um, and more importantly, I've laid out a lot of that, a lot of the steps and I have all the phone numbers and everything in that Google docs. And so you just have to work through that. And, uh, yeah, I guess the main thing is, um, you have like, you would have to start thinking at that time, like what are the next steps are going to be like Tim said, and think about like, what, what does the future hold? And I think that's, a really good uh, place to leave it for us to talk about. And we can talk about like what that would look at, look like whether I'm alive or not, like what, what are our next steps and what are our goals for where we want to end up? And, and even like uh, depending on where Alethea wants to live, the amount of, the amount of funds required to live comfortably in that place would change dramatically. Mm -hmm. Like if she said, Oh, well I really want to be in downtown Vancouver no. versus like <laughs> I want to expat to Mexico to some random village or like or move you know I don't know do something else or move to Scotland or something um that would be a completely different picture you know yeah or more reasonably like you know if if you're gone and you don't have other family here then 
Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, my family's kind of all over the place, though, so that would be kind of difficult to figure out as well, I think. But it might mean that you're traveling more, even if you choose to live here, you may be traveling a bit more. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, because my family sees each other so much. (laughs) Like, never. Yeah. (laughs) Even when we lived in the same province. It's pretty crazy. I don't know. I think I got a kind of a strange situation. I don't, I don't really have like, I mean, obviously I have family. It's just, we don't, we don't see each other very much, very often. And yeah. Hey Tim, I'm kind of putting you on the spot right now, but every episode we pick songs and, uh, it's kind of like a, like a party playlist, like a house party playlist. It can just be a song you really like. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, but like, because, you know, the podcast is called Party Pooper. And so we try to like, uh, we're trying to put together a a playlist of songs that would be sort of, yeah, more happy or a house party style to leave it on a more positive note. (laughs) So if you have any song that you want to mention for a house party, it can have swearing and stuff. Um, I can I can give you a moment. Do you have one, Alethea? Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna wait. You're gonna wait for Tim. Yeah, or you? Do you have one? Um, I'm not sure because at first I mean there's an obvious one, but I don't know how party-ish that is. <clears throat> you know what? I I think um, you know I think of Melissa and she can't. Anytime she hears Aerosmith, she can't help but like dance, uh, dance sexy around the house. Oh yeah. So, uh, you know, I would say either "Love in an Elevator" or "Pink." "Love in an Elevator" or "Pink" by Aerosmith. Okay, I'll tell you mine. Mine's "Woman Woman" by AWOL Nation. Okay. I don't know if you guys know that one, but I can't play any of the songs on the podcast. You just have to go to Spotify because okay, I we'll, we'll I can't license it. Place. Um, mine's kind of probably super old. It's just it's a happy song, and it's Don't Go by Hot House Flowers. Aw. You're so cheesy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we all very different kids of what a house party was. Yeah, I was sure someone was going to say Don't Fear the Reaper. Oh. oh. We can throw that one in there, too. Yeah, that'll be a bonus song. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thanks a lot, Tim, for joining us. Thanks, Tim. And thank you for your future service. I'll put a. Oh, the joke's on you. You're outliving me. Uh, you've got like three months. Uh, you're three months from my junior. That's right. <laughs> I am the youngest. So. <laughs> I've been exercising as much as I should. So who knows? Maybe it'll. Yeah, Phil's got to work on his stress management. Yeah, that's Like too. I do too. But yeah. Yeah, that'll help a lot. <laughs> we'll see. Um, oh. Should re- reconsider having children because definitely they just bring your stress level way down. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tim. All right. You're welcome. I'll talk to you later. Cheers. Bye. So, how was that? Not too stressed? No, I'm so stressed. Really? I'm like, I'm like borderline in tears. Oh, okay. We're gonna hug it out, and I, I'm, I'm sorry.
but but I'm also very touched and I love you very much. And more importantly, I know this was difficult and I know this was a huge downer to talk about, mm -hmm. but it is important. Like I said, I don't want that same thing to happen to you where you're left high and dry. But the reality is that I'm a very careful person. I'm a healthy person and I'm going to be fine. And we're going to live a long, happy life. Ah, oh, now you did that thing. I, you know what? The whole jinxing thing. So this is what happened. Damn it. There's a word for it. I don't know what it is, but like when you say tempt stuff. Tempt the and devil then, or. Well, yeah. Or tempt, like. Tempt fate. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Because I was thinking the other thing where like you say stuff and then you make so, it happen. So I, I found out that my dad never signed his will because he thought that if he went and signed his will, he would be like inviting yeah, his death. I and get that it. It would like. You know, it's and then like the whole uh, driver's license thing, signing. Uh, yeah, is it your? Oh, your organ, organ donate. Donor card? Yeah. So, uh, but in a weird way, he's he was an organ donor. Oh. And we used to get a card at Christmas. But then, from but we should be someone he donated. Donors, so like, I totally I, like it's it, yeah. Anyway, so he never signed his will. So then he he ended up dying suddenly. You know, I just came home from school one day, and that's it. He was gone. Like no warning. And, and so we died anyway. And so after I learned that, I was like, you know what? No more of this. I'm tempting fate, whatever. I just need to. It's better to have talked about it than have not right. talked about it. And fate. Okay. But then now I'm going to be like a little bit of devil's advocate here. Okay. Because I often say things like we should be doing more things like should be happy more we should be mm -hmm. not worrying about like and that's my thing with whole, the whole like over planning and over saving because i'm like when it's gone it's when you're gone you're gone like, you're right you your whole life you're like you want to like scrimp and save and you don't want to owe and you blah, 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 and i know you want to be responsible but then at the end of the day you see you feel like you're not living because you're just trying to do everything so by the book that you miss out on actually enjoying life and I know I give you a hard time because, like, we already talked about how you like to be on your own a lot. And, like, I mean, obviously everybody needs their own time. But I'm very much, like, I think, I definitely think we need to be enjoying life more. And, like, you know. I agree. And, and I know you say, oh, you can't think like that. But you, you have to think like that. because No, I, I think there's a happen. balance. And, um, yeah, obviously you can't just be saving every penny and... Or Whatever. even just wasting time, like taking things for granted, you know? I mean, like you're, you said your, your dad passed away and it was really sudden and like you just went to school and you came home and he wasn't there anymore. And like I have the total opposite thing. Obviously, I was much older than you were, but like <clears throat> I had so much time go by where I didn't have any relationship with my dad at all. And then it was too late, like... You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I agree. So, you know, that's why I, I, I'm, I do want to save up so that we can take a trip to Switzerland, go visit my family, and, and go have those memories and stuff and mm -hmm. be able to travel and go see our families. Even just everyday things, though. I don't mean, like... Oh, yeah, and that's why I like, like this I, whole... I don't mean we have to go out and spend money and do all kinds of stuff. I just mean, like... Yeah. I'm sorry. I know I have a really shaky voice. I just No, it's okay. I think everybody understands. It's a tough topic. Um, but that's why I like I, I like that this this podcast and these conversations have been opening up 
those ideas and how like our first challenge has been to go for a walk every day mm. with Memphis. And as cranky as I was yesterday, we still we, oh my God. we still did it. <laughs> so cranky. We did it. We walked so in the rain. Cranky. We had a short walk. I was so so cranky. But and we have been doing it every day. And uh, on the plus side, at least you acknowledge the fact that you were in a bad mood. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's and I think that's part of it too is having to be honest with yourself and say like, oh, I'm in a bad mood right now, and what's going on, <sighs> or just to like, even just to say it out loud, I think is it, it helps. And I have been working on my stress and I have been working on my anxiety and, and, and stuff like that. So I get, I get stressed cause I overthink and stress about things and Alethea gets stressed cause she gets worried things are going to happen or is worried about the possibility, endless possibilities of things going wrong. But, um, but yeah, you're right. There is a balance and you can't just be saving everything. You have to also be able to spend some money now but my position is still unchanged in that being debt free means that you'll have you'll you'll have more money to spend on things that are meaningful to you it's not worth it to just say screw it and buy a thing on your credit card because then you know in not even in the long run in the short to medium run even uh that's going to be a weight dragging you down and yeah i know i mean obviously so like, right now things are kind of, you know, not working and stuff. They kind of are tight. So for me, well, for you too, obviously, but well, you know only what one I mean? of us, like, only one of us is working right yeah, now and, and that can be tough, really stressful, but yeah. also <clears throat> just the situation with, uh, COVID mm-hmm. has just kind of really, um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's sketchy. Cause like you, you know, you're like looking for work, you're trying to find work, but at the same time, it's nerve wracking because, you know, like, obviously you don't want to get sick and you worry about, you know, or if, if you do get sick, are you going to have complications and you definitely don't want to end up having to go into a hospital because that's like, you know, even a scarier place to be. But also it's just, if you do find work, like how much in contact are you going to be with the public and stuff like that? And it's just a lot of stuff to think about, right? So that like, it just kind of amplifies my anxiety of everything, I guess. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, especially now that they're like, you know, there's going to be like a second wave, and I don't know. Sorry, I'm like hijacking your. No, it's fine. I, I mean, you know, like I still have to go to work, and I still have to, you know, I mean, we're in a a controlled group yeah. or whatever. Like we're doing, we're taking all the steps we possibly can at work. Um, but still, it's still a risk. And, you know, I had asthma when I was a kid and yeah, I, it I, wouldn't be good for me to catch it. But and, and I'm just worried about also if I start working, because, I mean, basically m- most of the things that are available are you're, you're like super in contact with people. So like then, you know, I just right. worry about bringing that home. But in a logical sense, you know, I mean, the fear is real and we should be cautious and not let our guard down. Mm-hmm. But in a, in a logical sense, you know, there are very few cases right now, um, especially around here. And if we are careful and we are washing our hands and we are making sure we're physically distancing, yeah. we, we can mitigate a lot of that risk by, by being careful and doing all those things that we For need to sure. do. I mean, we were pretty closed off. Things are opening up now and the cases are starting to go up more in BC. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not in this 
bubble of thinking like we're we're untouchable because I do believe that with all the back and forth now that's starting there people are going to start bringing it more to the island it's just yeah. a question of are you just going to have like you know an unpleasant cold or are you going to get super super sick and you know and I got to think about you Memphis like I don't want to <laughs> well yeah you know. absolutely uh, we need you so that's why you're going to be careful wash your hands wear a mask uh, keep your distance. And I know that at your uh, future gig, they do have that uh, plexiglass divider. Yeah. And uh, that's it. You just you Yeah, know. that part doesn't really. I mean, I'm not, I, I think I'm pretty, you know, cautious and like, like not overly cautious about it. It's more like when stuff that you can't control. And, you know, you can't control what you can't control. So you shouldn't worry about stuff you can't control. But like... You still worry I about do, it. I do, because that's what I do. <laughs> well, that's okay. That just you know? means that you, you care and that you're taking it seriously. Yeah. And then you just have to you just have to manage that, you know, manage the, like you said, like you know that you can't control something, so it is stress-inducing, but at the same time you need to say, well, I'm going to do all the things that I can do, mm-hmm. and that's, that's all I can do. True that. So, hope this wasn't too much of a bummer. Oh, it was such a super pooper episode. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's all good. Check us out on Instagram, Party Pooper Podcast. Um, if you have any questions, suggestions, stories, feel free to email us at partypooperpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we hope you're enjoying all the episodes. Please provide your feedback. I know that some of what Tim said was a little bit difficult to hear. That was our first phone interview and we did our best. Um, So hopefully it was clear enough that you got the gist of what he was saying. And uh, that's it. Anything? No, I think uh, I'm in my head right now. So Okay, (laughs) no problem. We're going to finish waking up and finish doing our morning. Um, Next episode is part two of this bummer podcast uh bummer subject so we're actually going to call my sister allison and we're going to talk to her about what would happen if i died and what her part in that would be so it's not over yet round two is coming up all right take care everybody have a good day bye oh and make sure those moments count right right you never know